voices. But beyond that, why do you think that David thought he could defeat Goliath? Was he not hearing the things that were being said? Was he not hearing what Goliath was saying? Was he not hearing what his own brothers were saying? And the other soldiers? Did he not even hear what King Saul said to him? At one point, King Saul says, you can't do this. Uh, David heard them. I'm sure there were voices all around him that day. And he heard them all. But there was only one voice that he listened to. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we come here right now at this time, as we look into your word about this battle between David and Goliath, of all the things we can hear as we kind of take it piece by piece, as we, as we open it up, I pray that it will be very evident that your voice is the one that's clear. And just like, King, uh, just like David as a shepherd, I pray that, that at the end of this time, we'll not only hear your voice, but we'll go and we'll act bravely according to what we hear. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. faith it takes to climb out of this boat of men onto the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The waves that keep on telling me Time and time again, boy, you'll never win You'll never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth Oh, what I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant with just a sling and a stone surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor wishing they'd have had the strength to stand and the giant's calling out my name and he laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me Time and time again, boy, you'll never win You'll never win But the voice of truth says it 
different story. The voice of truth says, Do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, This is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. The stone was just the right size to put the giant on the ground. And the waves, they don't seem so high from on top of them looking down. I will soar with the wings of eagles when I stop and listen to the sound of Jesus singing over me. The voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe. I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. I love that line in there. The, the stone was just the right size to bring the giant to the ground. You know, David, he was a man of contrasts. He, he was single-mindedly committed to God, yet he was guilty of some of the most serious sins recorded in the Old Testament. Here's that Snapchat. Or Snapchat. Here's that snapshot. <laughs> yeah. You wish it was Snapchat. Could that be 10 seconds and we're done. But... Here's that snapshot of uh, David's life. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, David lived a frustrating life. Uh, first, in, in the shadow of his brothers. He grew up with, with, with older brothers. And then constantly, as, as, as he went from being a young brother to, to, um, to serving King Saul, he, then he's on the run from a vengeful king. Even after he becomes king of Israel, he was engaged in almost constant warfare to defend the kingdom. You see, King David was a great military conqueror, but he couldn't conquer himself. He allowed one night of lust with Bathsheba, and it had disastrous consequences in his life. Although he he fathered Solomon, one of Israel's greatest kings, he was also the father of Absalom, whose rebellion brought bloodshed and grief. You see, King David's life was a roller coaster of emotional highs and lows. But he left us an example of a passionate love of God. He left us dozens of psalms and and some of the most touching and beautiful poetry ever written. He had a lot of accomplishments, too, as king. Uh, First off, he killed Goliath. We're going to talk about that in a second. Goliath was a champion of the Philistines. And when, when David was just a youth, and Goliath was a giant and a veteran warrior, David, David was victorious because he trusted in God for the victory, not himself. And he killed many of Israel's enemies in battle. Despite several opportunities when David refused to kill King Saul because he was God's first anointed king, even though Saul was pursuing David out of mad jealousy, David became friends, uh, almost like brothers, 
with Saul's son, Jonathan, setting a model of friendship that we can all learn from. King David is included in the Faith Hall of Fame, as I like to call it, in Hebrews chapter 11. He was an ancestor of Jesus. Jesus was often called the son of David. God called David a man after his own heart. David did some great things. He had some strengths. He was courageous and strong in battle. He was trusting in God for protection. He was loyal to Saul despite Saul's crazed pursuit of him. And David loved God deeply throughout his entire life. But he had a weakness. He had several. Most of us do, but we don't like to talk about him in church because that's uncomfortable. King David had a weakness. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he tried to cover up her pregnancy. And when that didn't work, he had her husband, Uriah the Hittite, killed in battle. Then another weakness he had was pride. He took a census of the people, willfully violating God's command not to do that. We would never do that, would we? Willfully violate one of God's commands. King David, he was also somewhat lax or absent as a father. Not judging him, but I guess ruling a kingdom and uh, taking care of your children. They're two hard things to do at the same time. But he wasn't one to discipline his children when they needed it. And through all that, and I don't call those things out to look at what a horrible person David was or anything, but I think we have some life lessons we can learn from David. First off, we need to realize that when we're hearing voices all around us, sometimes we need just an honest self-examination to recognize our own sin, and then we must repent of it. David was unrepentant for a long time, and it was brought to his attention what he had done, and then he, he, he just fell before God. And sometimes we're like David. We try to fool ourselves and others that we're not really sinning. We're just in a bad spot. But we can't hide our sins from God. The exciting thing is, is that God always offers forgiveness for our sins. But we can't always escape the consequences. You see, God, he values our faith in him. Despite life's ups and downs, God is ever present to give us comfort and help. I like to look at David in this way. He was a shepherd, a warrior, and a great king of Israel. Today we're going to focus on the shepherd part. The rest of that is for sermons coming up later. We're going to look in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I hope you'll read through this this week in your time of study. As you turn there, and we're going to read through this, I want you to make note of the voices that David hears. 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. And they camped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Demon. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array to encounter the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, With the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was clothed with scale armor which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He also had bronze graves on his legs and and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was, a we- was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out 
to draw up in battle array. Am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. Again, the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Okay, so here's this man, this giant man, Goliath, walking up and down the valley and and jeering and yelling to the Israelite army. Why does your whole army want to fight with us? You choose one man, just one man to come and fight me by myself. And if he can kill me, our nation will be your slaves. But if I can kill him, you will be our servants. That made King Saul and all the Israelites scared. Every day for 40 days, Goliath marched up and down, challenging them. And the Israelites were too scared to do anything. Have you ever been so scared to act? Just from voices? From what people were saying? Verse 17, Jesse said to to David, his son, Take now your, for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves and run to, to the camp to your brothers. Bring also these ten cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand and look into the welfare of your brothers and bring back news of them. Now I want to stop right there. The commander of their thousand. It's not like there's just a few people in the Israelite army. And that's just one commander. Uh, I think it, it goes so much beyond that when you think about the voices. He says in verse 19, For Saul and they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David arrives. He shows up. He's got grain and cheese and bread. And, and, and he's an Israelite. His big brothers were soldiers in the army. And he shows up with food for them and for their commander. He shows up just in time to hear Goliath's challenge for the fight. And just in time to see everyone running away from him. Are there any younger brothers or sisters in the audience? If you're the younger or a younger, if you're from like a large family. Okay, most of the time growing up, you didn't like your brothers and sisters because your older brother and sister picked on you. But as you kind of get beyond that high school, college years, you start to respect your brothers and sisters. And you look up to them and you realize that that they were looking out for you sometimes when they, you thought they were just being mean, you know. And so here's David, the youngest of like eight. And he's taking food and, and refreshments to his brothers at the battle. And these, these young men that David has, you know, probably been tormented by a little bit. But he's also probably learned a few things that brothers teach brothers and how to wrestle and how to be tough. And, and so I'm sure he admired them at some level for, for their strength and their, their boldness. And there's their soldiers in Saul's army for crying out loud. And so here comes David. Hey, got you guys some food. How are things going? Are we winning? You know, he's, he's probably like, oh, I'm going to the battle. And then he realizes as Goliath shouts out this challenge and he sees not only his own brothers, but the whole army kind of just cower in fear. Verse 21 says, Israel and the Philistine army drew up in battle, army against army. It says that David left his baggage in care of the baggage keeper. He, he left all the stuff and he ran to the battle line because he wanted to see what was going on. And he, and he enters up and he, he greets his brothers and he's talking with them. And, and the champion Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, 
was coming up from the army of the Philistines and he spoke those same words and David heard them. And when all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man who is coming up? Surely he's coming up to defy Israel. They are so afraid of him. David's like, what's the big deal? This guy is a jerk. <laughs> emphasis was, that was my emphasis. It doesn't. Here's where they find out. It will be that the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. So David speaks to the men that are standing around him. And he's like, hey, what will be done for the man that kills the Philistine? Is that, is that true? And he says this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Now, here's here's seasoned warriors, people, veterans in the army. And then here's shepherd boy, David. Seasoned warriors are shaking because they're afraid of Goliath. And David's saying, who is this guy? He can't talk about God like that. His brothers tell him that whoever can kill Goliath, the king will make him wealthy and important. But Then there's his oldest brother. We all know how oldest brothers are. His oldest brother says to David in verse 28, his oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger burned against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart. For you have come down in order to see the battle. David, typical little brother, responds, well, what have I done? (laughs) I was... Was it just a question? <laughs> What's going on? But I like what David did here because he hears the voice of his brother and his brother's kind of putting him down. We can take note right here. He turned away. David turned away from his brother who was, who was just kind of slinging mud at him, if you will, and being negative. And he turns away and he goes to somebody else and he asks the same question. Hold on. And the people gave him the answer. And then when David... He pipes up. He says, I can kill this Goliath. Then his brothers are angry and they they become jealous. But someone else heard what David said and they went and told the king. Verse 31. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Here he is. Again, the shepherd boy in the battalion in the army camp. And he's saying to the king, who has had many battles and had many victories himself, he says to the king, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Don't let this guy bully you around, Saul. I got this. I will go fight this Philistine. And Saul says, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Man, voices indeed. Here's this whole group of grown men hearing the wrong voice. And one shepherd boy says, hold on. God's got this. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. 
But then King Saul says to David, you can't fight Goliath. You're just a boy. David's like, no, no, no. I'm used to fighting animals. They tried to steal my, steal my father's sheep. I've killed them. I know God will help me fight this giant because they don't believe in him. You see, God's not real to the Philistines. They had a God, but it wasn't our God. And at this point, I don't know that God was real with Saul or a lot of the men in that army, but God was real for David. And, and Saul said to David, after David's little speech, let me do this, Saul was kind of like, go on with your bad self and God be with you. David was ready to fight. And here's why I know God was, with, was real to David, because David was ready to fight. And Saul's like, well, go ahead. But, but here's the thing. Saul, he says, go ahead and fight him. But wait, here, take, take my armor. He tries to dress David up in, in his armor and, and his shield and his stuff, but it's too big. God wasn't real for Saul. Saul was like, all right, kid, it's a death wish, but if you're going to do it, at least, you know, go out with my shield or my helmet or something. Didn't work. David took it all off. He said he would just go. God is real to David. Here's men, fully armored men, weapons and the stuff they had, standing there afraid. Bible says that David took his shepherd's stick with him. It says as he went out, he picked up five stones, smooth stones out of the stream, put them in a little leather bag. He had a sling in his hand, which is just a piece of leather uh, with, with a cord or some string or something on either side of it. And he walks toward Goliath. As he got near Goliath, Goliath laughed at him. You've only got sticks to fight me with. Do you think I am a dog? Come over here and I'll feed your body to the birds. Insert creepy villain type sounds here. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 34, the Philistine said to David, I am, am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And here's the thing. I think this is really what sealed the deal for David. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. But David had already declared who his God was when he was talking to King Saul. David wasn't scared. Not only was he not scared, but he says, you're coming to fight me with spears and swords. But I come to fight you in the name of the Almighty God. You see, God's about to be real for Goliath, too. Today, God will help me, and I will cut off your head. Instead of me, it will be your army, which the birds and the animals will eat. Then everyone will know that God looks after Israel, and it won't be spears which kill you, but God's power. At that, the Philistine moves closer to attack him. But David, one of the stones in his sling, he swings it around. Wham! Hits Goliath right on the forehead. And he fell flat on his face on the ground. And as Jerry Clower once said, graveyard dead. <laughs> it was done. The stone was the perfect size. Had nothing to do with the ammunition. Had nothing to do with the sling or the way he threw it or the geometry behind the ark and, and how it all went. David runs after that. He runs, he jumps on Goliath with his own sword. Poof, he cuts off his head. The Philistines see that their hero is dead and they turned and ran. But I don't understand that part because they had a deal. You see, if, if Goliath was killed by one of the Israelites, then their army would surrender, and, and, but they didn't do that. But remember this when you're hearing voices of doubt. Voices of doubt about your own ability or your own strength. 
And it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Will your heart allow our God to be real in your life? Because I think that's kind of the definition of, of being after God's heart. David was a man after God's own heart because David's heart allowed God to be real in his life. If you strive to be a person after God's heart, you will hear his voice. Just like David. God can and should be real to us all the time. Not just a few hours of the week. Whether you have all that you think you need or you just have a stone and a sling. If you are following God and listening for his voice, he will take care of you. Whether you're frustrated at work or you're facing giants that no one else knows about that are secret. If God is real in your life, if it's his voice you listen to, you will beat those giants. I say to people all the time, all we have to do is honor God. That's it. I don't know what voices you're hearing this week. I don't know what giants you're facing when you leave this building. But I do know that if you respond to God's word with your actions and your life, David, it will be evident who you serve and you will be victorious. No matter what mountains you have to climb, Moses, or what giants you have to face, David, or what kings you need to go before, Esther, or what battles God is preparing you to fight, Gideon, If you do whatever it takes to honor God, he will be real to you. And even when you walk through the valley, he will be there for you. I I tend to think that, I don't have any proof of this, it's just my wild imagination, but I tend to think that as David was going to approach Goliath, that maybe the words for Psalm 23 came into mind. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod. Staff will comfort me. Read through Psalm 23 and think about the battle of David and Goliath and see if it doesn't shift things for you a little bit. Here's the thing. What we need to decide is, or what we need to understand, is if we do whatever it takes to honor God, he will be real to us. And even when we walk through the valley, he will be there for us. The question is, will you decide to be there for him? See, David was there. He was ready for God to be real. The rest of the men, I don't think they were. Will you honor him in how you live your life? As we come to our response time today, I don't know how you need to respond to God's word. Maybe God becoming real to you starts with baptism. Maybe for you, the response is repentance and rededication. And if you need prayer and and some encouragement and some accountability, the elders are here and they'll pray with you and they'll offer that. Your response may be that that you are ready to partner with us here at Huntsville Christian Church and be a part of impacting our community. But whatever your response is, please don't wait. Let God be real. Invite him in to be real to you. Will you stand and sing with us? And if there's a response on your heart, don't listen to any voice except for the voice of truth.